have you gotten into a quick trip lately? I know I have. Over the weekend, stopped by, filled up, got the car washed, got a breakfast sandwich, got a few things for the house, got my lottery tickets, didn't win, but nevertheless, uh, I had a great time always going into quick trip, but uh, always good to see familiar faces too, or to talk to people while you're there. Uh, terrific place. We were out uh, the other night and stopped in and uh, grabbed the uh, the lottery tickets and you know hey bill how you doing you know it's, i go there all the time so they they kind of know me but just uh you know always uh always see you again see you soon come on back you know it's that kind of thing they're just they're just good people always use your quick rewards card when you're in there though too uh, i stopped in with uh with my son and uh filling he bought a new car so he's filling up his new car and uh, he said man i'm gonna think i'm gonna get a burger or two i said i'll buy no problem but uh, i got up there and charged and Sure enough, the burgers were free. Had the had the points. Quick Trip always giving you something, and if not, you're always earning something. Good stuff from our friends over there at Quick Trip. 877-867-1670-877-867-1670. You want to find us? Please feel free. Go ahead and do so, and uh, and you can give us a shout. Uh, got some emails to get to as well. I want to get back into that. I got some more uh, to kind of chime in via the uh, Bud Light live stream today. Uh, real quick. Uh, oh, that's the wrong one. I didn't want to hit that. Uh, this was from JD, who says uh, the uh, he said, "You know, I think the Packers are quite a bit away from uh, competing for a title. As much as I dislike Joe Barry's defense, I don't believe that they were the specific problem. I think if uh, I want to compete, Lafleur has to change his offense. Um, they have the players, but the offense has become predictably stale. And until that changes, they're going to be strictly a mediocre team at best. At best." He doesn't believe it's going to be great at best. Uh, and then real quick, it's uh, this one's from our, our buddy uh, John. It says, it seems to me that the Vikings took over where the Packers left off. A 13-win season, good offense, questionable play calling, and bad defense. Welcome to the club. That's John listening to us in Howard. John, how you doing? Coming up here in about uh, 10, 15 minutes, we're going to talk with Mike Clements. He's going to be joining us as well. Let's get back to the phone calls. Uh, our buddy Mike down in Whitewater. Mike, how you doing, pal? What's up? Hey, Billy, good to talk to you. Uh, I agree with you on the comparison of the Packers to those other teams. Three things I think got to happen. Uh, Barry's got to go. When you got a defensive uh, safety courts, not your coordinator, screaming at halftime. So that's my case there. Rodgers has got to play about uh, 60 to 75% better. And three, LaFleur, he's got to change his play calling. I think he slipped. He's got to go back and look with all the motions and how good they were when they did all those kinds of things. And then, of course, using uh, Aaron Jones more uh, through that uh, system. No, I would agree with that. I think that Matt LaFleur got relatively stale. Uh, That's just my uh, appearance of things. I just think they got relatively stale. Uh, I think it became less and less creative and more and more relying on just strictly what the quarterback could do. And maybe that's unfair because he's not only older, but you're also asking him to do it with not nearly the talent that he used to have at the wide receiver position. So I just thought it got relatively stale. That was my impression. Well, and then you, like you, we've talked to before, you get inside the 10-yard line, spread them, pass, 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 field goal, mm-hmm. pass, pass, field goal, where more, most teams, and even this weekend, they try to run, but they use their tight ends or, or just a quick over-the-goal-line pass. Mm-hmm. And the Packers never did, you know, they never did that. 
Yeah, there was a lot of stuff this weekend that I watched just to see. I mean, granted, they did run out of shotgun, but they never really spread out empty backfield. They did make some balls downfield, or they did try to throw it into the corners and such, but it was just, they had, and plus Josh Allen was just taking what the defense was giving them, which is what we don't normally see out of what uh, the Aaron Rodgers-led offense. Sometimes Rodgers just locks on a guy, that's going to be where he goes, and that's all there is to it, and and we've seen that happen time and again. Mike, appreciate it as always. We've just seen that happen. Uh, it just got, I don't want to say it's overwhelmingly predictable, but it did, it just didn't seem like at times there was a lot of creativity to the offense. It just, that I will say. 877 867 1670. 877 867 1670. You want to hit us up, feel free. Um, Watcher says, I'm thankful for, for what Rodgers did to this team, but it's perfect time for him to move on. The problem with that is, okay, the problem with that is that you can't just say move on. You There's there's a lot of salary cap ramifications to all of this, you know? And, and that's the truth. It's it's You can't just say, ah, it's time to go because you've got money invested. If it was going to be that easy to just say time to go, no big deal, then what you should have done is not give him the big contract. It's just paid him a bunch of money in one year and left yourself that. But the Packers, he wanted that commitment. He wanted that ability, right? But the Packers made that commitment. Now, you, you know, I don't want Rodgers to come back just for the money. I want him to come back and know that he's going to be a viable piece to all of this. I want him to, to come back and take ownership of it and say, we're going to make another run. We're going to make a legitimate run at all of this before it's all said and done. I, absolutely. Absolutely. I want all of that to happen. Without a doubt. But if if it wasn't about the money, then you shouldn't have taken all the money. Because there's issues here now. So you kind of like, yeah, I want Rogers to come back. I hope he does. And, then on the other hand, you're kind of like, man, you know, yeah, we'll go ahead, we'll move on. Jordan Love time, all oh, that's great, but then again, you're you're stuck monetarily. Are you coming back for the money? Or are you coming back to win? It, that's a legitimate question. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Um. Thomas says the salary cap ramifications get even worse after next year. Yes, but the amount of money, if he comes back to play. But you can always restructure that deal, too. You can always do that. But the amount of money, then, that you have to pay him up front that you can then spread out becomes less. That's the point, is that if he walks away after next year, the ramifications are still there, but they're not terrible. Uh, John says... The problem is when you pay somebody all that money without the guys around him, you can never assemble the guys that you need. I've said that for how long? For how long? For a long, long, long time. When you start to look at quarterbacks that make more than 13.5% of the team's total salary, teams aren't winning Super Bowls. It's that simple. It's that simple. And that's the truth. Just look at it historically. The last guy to win more than 13%, I think, was Steve Young. And I think, I can't remember who it was. Was it 
Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady, one of the two, was making more than 13% of their team's total salary. Last, uh, um, but but that was that's it. In the history of the NFL, in the history of the NFL, since the Super Bowl era got underway and then the salary cap era got underway, uh, that's it. If you're making more than 13%, chances are you're not winning games. Or you're not, you could win games, but you're not going far. Not going to happen. Um, Watcher says the Vikings are in a similar, similar situation with Cousins. Yeah, they're paying him a boatload of money. Well, again, I, and I don't have all the uh, the salary cap ramifications sitting here in front of me when you start talking about specific teams, but I got to imagine, and I'm going to look this up real quick, and I shouldn't do it on the air, and I apologize, but uh, you look at a guy, okay, Deshaun Watson for 2023. Take Deshaun Watson is making 21.7% of the team's total salary cap. They're not going anywhere. He's not that good. They were stupid. They were stupid. He's going to get a cap hit next year of $54.9 million. $54.9 million. They can't cut him loose because they owe him the money. His dead cap hit next year would be $219 million. How about that? $219 million. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, Let's. Uh, I want to check this out real quick. Kansas City Chiefs, uh, because Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes this year, and they're a good football team. They could they could win a Super Bowl, but he's making seventeen point one six of the uh, percent of the team's total salary cap this season. Chris Jones number two, Orlando Brown number three, uh, Frank Clark, Travis Kelsey behind him, but he's making seventeen point one six. So if they possibly would win a Super Bowl, he would be a precedent-setting quarterback in the sense that 17.16%, the first time it's been over 13.5% of the team's total salary cap that a quarterback won. The first time. Think of that. Like, uh, and again, going back to next year when you talk about the Packers and where their team's total salary cap is, Aaron Rodgers next year, next year in 2023, will make almost 14%, 13.95. 31.6% of the team's total salary cap. But Bakhtiari is making 12.8. Kenny Clark's making 10.5. John says, is the uh, Rodgers contract at Goody or Murphy's feet? Well, it's at both because they both signed off on it. They both wanted to keep him. I'm not looking to point blame here. Rodgers said he wanted to come back and he wanted commitment. They gave him what he wanted. I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with it. I'm not looking to blame one or the other. I mean, if you want to blame anybody, blame Rodgers. If you knew you weren't coming back, then why would you put your team in this kind of a salary cap ramification to begin with if you were going to hem and haw about it? Uh, Jason says, what happens if Tampa Bay wins this year? What's what's Brady? Brady is 15.42, and they're not going to win a Super Bowl, just, mm-hmm. just so you know. Brady's 15.142, but they're not winning a Super Bowl by any stretch of the imagination. Ain't happening. Oh, no, wait a minute. Hang on a second. I apologize. That's 2023 if indeed Brady comes back. That's if Brady comes back. For this season, uh, Tom Brady's making 5.78. 5.78. There you go. So they, if they did win, it wouldn't be a, a the big hit. 
877-867-167. Let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. Come back. And we're going to be joined for the uh, final three segments by Mike Clemens. He's going to come by and say hi, and uh, we'll talk with him a little bit about this team. Uh, Mike, as always, brought to you by our friends at uh, Bayside, uh, the Bay Motel in Green Bay. We'll talk about uh, that when we come back as well. Hang in there. Hey, our friends over there, Cunis RV. Now, I've been telling you about Cunis RV for a long, long time. They now have, by the way, not only are they growing throughout the state of Wisconsin and beyond the borders, but they now have a concierge service. Think about this if you're an RV owner. You want an RV, but say you don't have a place to keep it, right? They will. You can buy it there. You can keep it there. You can bring it back, drop it off. They'll clean it up. They'll drain it. They'll do everything you need to do. And then back at it. Then back at it. It'll be ready to go. All you got to do is say, hey, I'm coming over to pick it up. We're going to go take another. You're good to go. But if you're looking for a great place to buy or sell for that matter, because they do take consignment. They have Jayco, Alliance, Coachman, Dutchman, Forest River, Gulfstream. We drive around on the Nexus. That is the big unit cruiser. Oh, my God. I can't wait for the uh, 2023 version. Beautiful, beautiful RVs. And they deal with you, with you fantastic. Their service is second to none. I've told you great stories about the one in Sheboygan, about the one in Green Bay, the one down in Elkhorn. Great stories from all their dealerships about customer service. Stop into any one of the growing Cunis locations all throughout the great state of Wisconsin and beyond the borders. Take advantage right now of their services, of really a large inventory. Go to Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. That is CunisRV.com, Wisconsin's fastest-growing RV dealer. They are all, all over. Just go to Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, CunisRV.com. More of the Bill Michael Show and Mike Clemens talking to Packers when we come back right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. This is Nixon, who's dangerous. Oh, here he goes! My goodness! He's taken it the distance! You talked about how dangerous he is! The most kick return yards in the NFL! And he shows it right there. He had a 94-yard kick return last week. And here he is again. Wow! Welcome back. Glad to have you. This portion of the program, Mike Clemens, brought to you by our friends at the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Quiet, cozy, and comfortable, just a mile from Lambeau Field. Perfect for a family stay. Don't forget. And uh, even out of season, if you want to go up and check out the Hall of Fame or just kind of hang out in Green Bay for a while, coming up this summertime also, the Bay Family Restaurant featuring homestyle cooking seven days a week. Good old-fashioned homestyle cooking. Bay Motel, right there, 1301 South Military Avenue in Green Bay. Call them today for reservations. Excuse me, 920-494-3441, 920-494-3441, or check them out at baymotelgreenbay.com. That is baymotelgreenbay.com. Bring in our guy now, Mike Clemens uh, on the line. Michael, how you doing, pal? I am good. Uh, an interesting story today coming out of Denver from KOA, the guy who uh, does the Broncos postgame show there. Um, incredible guy. Uh, he put on Twitter over the weekend that Packers defensive coordinator or uh, re- def- secondary coach, the secondary coach, Jerry Gray, is in his late 50s, former player, uh, may be going to Atlanta to interview with Arthur Smith for the uh, defensive coordinator job for the Atlanta Falcons, which is open. Now, that's Arthur Smith is, was uh, LaFleur's quarterback coach when he was the offensive coordinator with the Titans. So, 
whether that happens, whether he gets that interview or not, but uh, that story is out there circulating today. Well, uh, he's the guy that got everybody kind of all fired up and gave his 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 rah rah speeches and gotten guys' asses uh, going back to the uh, the fourth quarter uh, of the Chicago Bears game, and he's kind of that if you want to call him the inspirational side of things inside that coaching staff and the defensive unit. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing if he's leaving or not. He's also the assistant coach who we were talking to about some of the confusion in the secondary, particularly week one when Justin Jefferson of the Vikings was just cutting through the zones, right? And then, right. you know, we asked him point blank, why don't you take the highest paid defensive back, Jair Alexander, just put him on there. And he says, I'm not in charge of the blueprint for the game plan. That You'll have to talk to the defense coordinator about right. that. And then I don't know if we saw Jerry Gray again for the rest for the rest of the season. So there might be a little bit of some of that going on. But anyway, right. on Friday afternoon after we got off the air, uh, we find out that the Associated Press, 50 guys that vote, uh, voted the uh, all-pro teams. And uh, the only Packer to make the first team is Keyshawn Nixon and as a return man, which is pretty amazing. Jair Alexander got on the second team as a defensive back. I did not realize that since they got rid of Amari a, a Rogers uh, and they gave him that job in November, that he'd already amassed over a thousand yards in kickoff turns. And so, you know, we talked to Keyshawn uh, in the follow, you know, final weeks of the season, and here's a kid who grew up in uh, L.A. And he got into some school in Arizona, and then he got was able to transfer into South Carolina, played two years there, did not get drafted, but the Raiders brought him in. He spent three years through the you know, the Gruden nonsense that was going on, and Rich Bisaccia was his interim coach. But he says that when he was a kid in L.A., the honey badger, Tyron Matthew, was coming out of LSU back in 2013, a third-round pick to the Cardinals, and he remembers an interview that uh, the honey badger said about, if you get into the opportunity... Never pass up any any job opportunity in the NFL. I always look back at uh, an interview Tyron Matthew had when he was coming out of college. I, mean, he remember, I remember he had a conversation. He was saying, like, whenever they give me my op, I'm going to be ready. You know what I'm saying? If they want me to be the best gunner in the league for the first three years, so I'm going to do it. And I feel like that was my role. You know what I'm saying? I always had that that interview of Honey Badger in my head. Like, you know what I'm saying? Whenever it's time, they're going to let you get your shot. And the Packers gave my shot. And let me see what's going on. Um, it's interesting, Mike, because, uh, you know, I mean, you hope he's back. Obviously, they finally found a returner. I think he's probably the re- first real good returner, maybe since Randall Cobb back in his rookie season or even going back to Alan Rossum from years gone by. So you hope he's back. And he was a good depth player, too, when it came to the secondary. And, you know, you talk about props that he got. Nothing comes higher in that locker room than Aaron Rodgers just say, I love this guy. I love his attitude. Um, he's physical and he's smart, and that's a rare combination. He goes, I wish I had this guy for the last 10 years. That's how big of an endorsement Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. gave for him, how this guy you know, just kind of came through the ranks through training camp, got some looks at Nickelback, and then they gave him the ball on kick returns. And Keyshawn Nixon says that uh, even though he'd had limited experience of returns, you know, he was working on that all the time. So if anybody, if they were asked him, hey, you want to try kick returns? He was working on the judge machine all the time, just in case he got a shot to do it in practice. 
It's just about preparation and just opportunity. You know what I'm saying? It's hard sometimes in this league to get ops at, at anything, for real. You know what I'm saying? But you got to think about it. It's only one key return on every team, so that's only 32 players in the whole world. So whenever you get an op, you got to take advantage of your op, and I feel like that's what I did. It was uh, interesting. They just kept going back to Amari Rogers, and Amari Rogers just never really caught on, not at all. And it just We were talking about third-round draft choices for the Green Bay Packers. And, uh, you know, about how the, the state of failure has been so prominent in that particular round of the draft. It's just like, boy, it's so disappointing. Amari Rodgers just didn't make it. No, and when the Packers drafted Amari Rodgers with their third-round pick, he was a kid that grew up around Randall Cobb. Remember, his his father, T, was the, was the receiver's coach. I think it was at Kentucky at the time. So they honestly thought that Amari Rodgers was going to be the next Randall Cobb. Little did anybody know that two or three months later, Aaron Rodgers is going to say, I'll come back, but you've got to trade for Randall Cobb. So a lot of people wondered if Randall Cobb kept him out of reps and snaps, you know, in his rookie season. And then this year they tried to make him a returner, but he had at least five muffed kicks. And, they, they you know, they gave him the hook. And so, you know, you asked Keyshawn Nixon about how do you explain how a third-round pick like Amari gets cut just a year and a half into his career in Green Bay? It's a small window with this stuff. You know, you never know. Like, sometimes people always think, like, somebody get cut and it's, like, the end of the world. But sometimes somebody goes somewhere else to a fresh start. You know, it's just like me. I, I played ten times better here than I did any time. My all years with the Raiders just because fresh start, new team, new coaches. Like, you know, you're not it's like a new field. Like, I ain't never really played in the cold. I kind of like the little game day atmosphere in the cold. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's just new juice. You never know what somebody else got going on to outside of football. I still like the fact that Keyshawn Nixon texts Rich Basacci and is like, Ferrari, I'm feeling good. Ferrari, let's do yeah. this. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it was a great story. So, yeah, leading up to this big game against the Vikings, must win. You know, you're trying to win those last games and see if you can win to get in. And it's the Friday morning before the Vikings game, and he would not practiced all week because he had a groin injury from the, the week before. He'd actually missed a couple practices the week before but still played. So uh, he just he said he just rested it, just 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 stopped, got out of the trainer's room and went home and rest. And when he woke up Sunday morning, he said it felt pretty great. And so you know he was asked after he had a 105 yard return against the Vikings, uh, what he did and and that you know that they were trying to shut him down due to a groin injury. On well, Friday, he wrote us off like, yeah, if we can't run by Friday, it probably won't happen. And uh, text the coaches this morning like. I feel like a Ferrari. He's like, huh? I said, I feel like a Ferrari. I came here, uh, ran around, and I'm like, ready to go. Rich, what was your reaction when uh, Keyshawn told you you felt like a Ferrari last Friday? You know, I just, I texted him back. I said, well, that's Italian. So, it, um, <laughs> you know, it's just typical Keyshawn. I texted him early in the morning. I said, how you feeling? I know he had some work done uh, a couple days before and, and uh, got some good rest of the day before. And that's what he texted back. He said, feeling like a Ferrari. And I said, text back, oh, that's Italian. You know, touch base with me as soon as you get in. So, and obviously ended up playing two pretty good plays. Uh, Basaccia, I, I just like his approach. He just sounds like just, just a, a dude, like a play, like a player's coach, doesn't he? He's also smart, and he's also a guy that you ask any question, he's already got the answer, which means he he knows the sport. He knows he knows what's going on. Um, if something screws up in a game like a block punt, you know he comes prepared for the answers. 
Um, and another thing is the coaching. Tariq Carpenter is a guy that they drafted out of Georgia Tech with sixth or seventh round. And, you know, he's big, got good size, but he was kind of lost there in training camp. And in September, they were trying to use him in some special teams. By the time you got to December, Ennis Gaines and Tariq Carpenter looked like some pretty serious gunners on special teams, and they were moving them around. And Basachi will tell you about how you've got to get these guys' vision the right way and how they've got to feel where their guys are to their left and their right. There's details that he gives you that you haven't heard before in Green Bay, and that helps. And, you know, you, you wonder about what the future is for Nixon. Are they going to give him a deal here in the off season? Because, you know, he's a free agent right now. And uh, we asked Nixon, he goes, I don't know, you know it's upstairs. It's, you know, it's, it's up to the guys upstairs. That's all stuff on the fourth floor. Uh, Brian Gutekinds did say, though, we, were, we knew that last year at this time, Shandon Sullivan would not be back in Green Bay. And so we started looking for other nickels, and Keyshawn Nixon was a guy that they saw on the Raiders roster long before they knew that Rich Basaccio would be their special teams coordinator. And so Rich was asked, what did you see about Keyshawn while you were the interim head coach in Las Vegas? Keyshawn loves football. Um, he's very social. You know, he, I think he, he enjoys the, um, his players, um, his teammates. I think he works at being a good teammate. And he's a versatile guy as far as, you know, a player on the field. You know, he's done a lot of different things for us. Obviously, now he's become a return guy. He's been a really good coverage player in the past. And I think he gets better and better um, with his work with OG and what he's doing on defense. And, and uh, so I think, you know, he's an ascending player uh, with great energy and a great passion and love for football. So that's probably what I feel like his, his teammates must see. Uh, there you go. That's Rich Passaccia. Let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back and uh, talk some more with Mike Clemens joining us on the hotline. Hey, don't forget, if you're looking to purchase a new home, new place for you in 2023, get pre-approval and get it from my guy over there at Scott Ellis and Homeside Financial. Scott is the guy that I use when I need to refinance my house, not once, but twice in the last three years because the rates were so good and it just worked everything out with me. It was fantastic. I uh, went through the divorce. He took care of everything. I wanted to refi. He took care of everything, got everything done and he's always available. And right now I know the rates are starting to slightly come down a little bit, but they also have this two, one buy down and you got to check it out because rates are sitting about six and a half percent, but they can get you done at four and a half. You got to ask him about it. 414-791-7771. 414-791-7771. If you want to get access to that home equity, get cash to pay off the debts from this past year, you can do it as well. Start 2023 with a fresh start. 414-791-7771. That's the 2-1 buy down or just go right now and get pre-approved or get your uh, house refi. But Scott can do it and he's a great guy right here in Wisconsin. 414-791-7771. 414-7771. Seven nine one seven 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 one again four one four seven nine one seven 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 one. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Get up there, go quick, run it again, get the first down. Three backs behind him to the outside. Etn. First down and a ton more, and stays in bounds to the 15-yard line. What a call. Very interesting and unique stuff. Meanwhile, Jacksonville can set their sights likely on Kansas City. Here we go for the win. 
got it, but there's a flag down. There's a flag down as everybody's running out onto the field, but there's a penalty marker. And they call it on the defense. Unbelievable. Uh, that, that is unbelievable. What a game on Saturday night. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Welcome back to the program. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Stoley's Hog Alley. They're back open. And they want me to remind you that the breakfasts are back on Sunday. The food is back weekdays. And the place is rocking and looking good and feeling good and just an awesome place. Stop out and say hi to Jeff and Alicia because they have been packed ever since they reopened. Everybody out in, um, you know, kind of the Oconomowoc Summit area have been waiting for this thing for a while, and they're, now they're back. So good for them, and congratulations. Uh, speaking of congratulations, man, to Doug Peterson and the Jacksonville Jaguars. How the Chargers, Mike Clements joining us on the hotline, by the way, how the Chargers lost that game, I'm still somewhat amazed by. You know, the Chargers... Um, you know how these assistant coaches, anybody that's had a cup of coffee with Sean McVay gets a head coaching job in the NFL? Mm-hmm, right. And I think uh, that's what happened to the Chargers because Brandon Staley, oh, defensive coordinator, oh, he worked for the Rams and Sean McVay. Yeah, he was there in 2020, the year after they had gone and lost to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. That's the year that they came up to Green Bay and the Packers beat them in the playoffs. And they still gave him a head coaching job because he spent one year with the Rams. He had been with the Bears years before. I think he was like a John Fox, you know, Vic Fangio kind of guy. But mm-hmm. uh, people are having, you know, buyer's remorse out in L.A. And Brandon Staley, a defensive coordinator, was asked after the game, how do you blow a 27 to nothing lead over Jacksonville? Just didn't play a good second half of football in, in any phase. And um, certainly, you know, when you have that type of lead, um, if you can possess the ball effectively enough, then there won't be enough time. And we just didn't do that uh, and then didn't score the ball either. You wonder if, uh, you know, obviously you believe you've got a, a quality quarterback in Justin Herbert, but much like watching that 33-point lead uh, that Indianapolis had over the Minnesota Vikings evaporate, I got to think that uh, they may be considering a coaching change out in, uh, out in L.A. Well, this is also why the rumors are going on in the Chargers locker room about the how the players relate to this guy because he served up his defense. He says defense was mostly to blame to losing to the Jaguars. I think defensively, just penalties really hurt our team. Um, you know, we have a second and eighteen. It's going to be a third and nineteen. We have a PI. Um, we had it off offsides when it would have been a sack. Yeah, he uh, he kind of just pointed the finger, and which is true, but he just kind of basically pointed the finger at his defense. Maybe he's doing that because he's a defensive-minded coach, so he's taking more of the blame, but it certainly didn't sit well. That's for damn sure. Yeah, so Justin Herbert has got all the talent in the world, and you know he admitted that they were held to just a field goal in the second half. But also he pointed out, you know what, the, ja- the Jaguars have a really tough, hard-hitting defense down in Jacksonville. And they're really tough defense, and um, you know it falls on us for not executing in the in the second half. And um, you know we were able to to, to put up some points in the first half, um, but uh, you got to be able to play four quarters uh, as an NFL team. But I am uh, Mike. Uh, I think you and I and uh, Ben Kenny all thrilled that Doug Peterson got, has turned around the train wreck that was Urban Meyer and has made the Jacksonville Jaguars relevant again. Yeah, you know we covered Doug. He did two tours of duty as a backup to Favre in Green Bay, and right after he left, like in, in 2005, he went to Louisiana and was a high school coach for three years. 
And then Andy Reid, who, of course, had been in Green Bay with him before, you know, eventually got him as an, an, an assistant, a quality control guy, worked his way up to offensive coordinator. Then he got the job in Philly, and he wins a Super Bowl in Philly. I can't believe that was already five years ago that they won Super Bowl 52 with the Philly special and the 41-33 win over the Patriots. And I'm in the locker room at the Super Bowl, and Doug is there. They had just finished the celebration. They turned and go, hey, you know, it's Mike from Green Bay. He gave me a one-on-one that we used on your mm-hmm. show the next day. Yeah. You know, he's just he's that approachable, that calm, cool, and collected. And he talked about that this was almost as good as taking the Eagles to win a Super Bowl. Obviously winning the Super Bowl uh, a few years ago, greatest coaching victory um, as a team. This one, this one's right up there with it. And uh, my hat's off to our guys for just battling. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of credit to Trevor Lawrence, who looked really bad in the first half of that game, and obviously with four turnovers. It just looked like everything, like like they got there, they did enough to get there, but they got a lot of work to do, and, oh, better luck next year. And then all of a sudden coming out and throwing four touchdowns after that was amazing. Yeah, and he credits Doug Peterson on just keeping it cool. Now, there was a couple of those interceptions, too, where it was, you know, like volleyball and tipped from one guy to another guy, and, you know, mm-hmm. Charger picked it up. But Trevor Lawrence, who went through all that crap last year in his rookie season with Urban Meyer, talked about how you go through from throwing four TDs in the second half after throwing four picks in the first half. I mean, really just, you know, I felt like only one of those plays was a, was a bad decision. So I, I felt like I was seeing things all right. Um, a couple, they made a couple great plays. You know, I threw four picks in the first half, and those guys beside me on offense and the guys on the other side of the ball did never lose faith in me. And that, that's, that's one thing that makes it easier when you know you got guys that believe in you, no matter what the circumstances are. You know, and then in the meantime, you got the Dolphins and the Bills, and that was a hell of a game. And, you know, who knows what it would have ended up had they had Tua, but uh, it was the clock management and play calling at the end of that game that ultimately, in my opinion, kind of cost Miami. Yeah, you know, and Skylar Thompson and uh, Brock Purdy, you know, the 49ers, some of these rookies coming into these playoffs, they look pretty good. Uh, And Mike McDaniel, who came from San Francisco, is down there in Miami, and I had that four or five game, uh, maybe it was a six game losing streak toward the end, but he had all the injuries. Yet he comes up with this plan, and he's leading the Bills in Buffalo in cold weather and with this rookie quarterback. But time and time again on third or fourth down, you saw that the play clock was going down, and the kid barely had a chance to call the, the play, much less get his, get his guys lined up. And Mike McDaniels, kind of a weird dude was asked first thing, why was it taking you so long to get the plays into your quarterback, Skylar Thompson? It was a piece of the reason, uh, you know, why we were unable to come out with a victory, but it it definitely wasn't the only reason. And we were very aware that no one really gave us a shot. Uh, That was definitely um, an extra motivating factor, not that we needed any other motivation. Um, interesting. Uh, one of the things, Mike, he said was he didn't have a fourth down call ready because they didn't think they'd need it. He thought right. they had the first down, you know, which was really interesting as well. And then, then you've got, oh, my God, the, the play management and huddling up as time was winding down in Cincinnati last night. I could not fathom for the life of me why Harbaugh was doing that uh, with his quarterback. Uh, so that was bad clock management. And then, obviously, to have – 
their running quarterback, you know, Tyler Hundley, try to dive over the line and extend the ball. And every t- they always say every time that ball comes out, start punching at it because it, it can become a, a big play. And sure enough, for Cincinnati, that happened. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have thought that Buffalo was a favorite to get in there. But Josh Allen threw two picks to, you know, Xavier Howard got one and Holland got another. And then there's that play where, you know, they just didn't have uh, didn't take account for Zach Zeeler to come in there and, and knock the ball out of his hands to scoop and score and take it back in, which gave them the lead. So, you know, Sean McDermott, I mean, he's lucky he got out of that thing. What was the final 34-31? against the Dolphins. That was kind of a, a surprise attack. So then, you know, other great games over the weekend. Well, you know, the 49ers had no trouble with the Seahawks. Seahawks were in it for the first half or so. And then you take it to this to this next game with uh, the Ravens uh, and the Bengals. And I, I had just commented, uh, after watching all these games so far this weekend, how much these guys are using these young quarterbacks on quarterback sneaks like two or three times in a game. And, you know, and it's like nobody has a fullback anymore on their team, and they're hardly using running backs except for that play that Doug Peterson called, you know, with the Jaguars toward the end of the game, which got them into mm-hmm. a great field goal position. Everybody's using their quarterbacks, you know, even Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, you know, they're all using them. As, and, and, and so then, just then, you've got the Ravens with the ball uh, and uh, Tyler Hundley from three yards out trying to run a, a quarterback sneak. And it gets fumbled, and Sam Hubbard, do you know about this kid from Cincinnati? And then he yeah. went to the Ohio State. He went, to, he, he went to Moeller High School, then to Ohio State because he played against my rival high school. Yeah, he was uh, a hell of a player. I mean, to do that in front of his hometown fans like that, scoop that ball up and take it 98 yards, set a playoff record like that. So John Harbaugh, yeah, there he is up on the podium and saying, you know, should you should give it to a running back when you're goal to go and three yards out from the goal line? Sure. I mean, you decide whether you're going to hand it off, take it off the line, and hand it back in the backfield, or whether you want a quarterback sneak it. We felt we had a good call. It's a push sneak play. Uh, um, you know, it wasn't executed just the right way. I mean, Tyler went over the top. That's a burrow play. He's got to go low on that. That's the way the play's designed. So uh, that was that was two to get it. Uh, you take it off the line of scrimmage. There's a chance. You know, you might score, but there's a chance it gets you in the backfield. Now it's hard to get it on fourth down. So two to get it there from inside the one. We felt like that was the best call. We just didn't execute, right? We got all season now. Um, I'm going to be thinking about that the whole all season. Huh? Just one play. It's going to be hard, but I think that's, that's going to motivate me to just grind hard. Uh, let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. Uh, Tyler Hunley, too, he may be the starter next year if things don't uh, get better in Baltimore with the way the, the relationship between their quarterback, Lamar Jackson, and the team. But uh, that's a whole other story for an offseason. Mike Clemens joining us on the hotline. Stay tuned. We're going to wrap things up coming up with Mike next on the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. It's one of the closest connected groups in, in the entire NFL. These guys, are, there's real tears in there. There's real guys that expected uh, to really have a chance to, to win a world championship. And, and you got to give the Giants a lot of credit. Um, you know, I think we're, I think we'll take a look at a lot of things just to see where we can improve and, and be the best version of ourselves. Welcome back. 
Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell, and they really thought that they were uh, they were on the roll. But we could all see it down the stretch that they just uh, didn't have enough of, or defensively to get the job done. And paying a lot of money to Kirk Cousins, who is now still sitting at only one postseason playoff win in his entire career. Mike Clemens joining us on the hotline. So, Mike, uh, Kirk Cousins getting paid a lot of money, but not getting it done. No, he's got the ball in his hands. He's at home, and he's got a chance to win the game. And he's got a fourth and eight, and he throws a three-yard pass to his touch, to his tight end. And he was that asking that the game. How much does that bother you? Third and eight is the one that I want back. I feel like getting man coverage, ball needs to be a little more out front of KJ. You know, it was right on him in the sense that the DB was able to break it up. I feel like the ball's out front. DB can't do that in man coverage. That's really the play that I want back is the third and eight. Thanks. You like that? You like that? You like that? You like that? <laughs> got a big care. one tonight, too. Yeah, yeah, I got a big one tonight, too, coming up. Mike uh, McCarthy and his guys heading south down to Tampa Bay to take on Tom Brady and what could he be his last game? Yeah, the Buccaneers only were 8-9, and nine, but that was good enough to win the NFC South crappy uh, division title. Uh, Tom Brady has never lost to the Cowboys. He's 7-0, and oh, and so Mike McCarthy knows that, taking the Cowboys to Tampa Bay tonight. You know, this is a, a veteran football team that's played a lot of football, has played a lot of playoff football, um, so obviously div- division champ, uh, former Super Bowl champ. So, many, so they obviously bring that to the table, but, you know, it's playoff football. Um, it is playoff football. I get that. Uh, but you know, that's, that's, you know, Mike's always it's playoff football. It's time to play football because we're playing playoff football. <laughs> so Bill, have you heard what Mike McCarthy is trying to get in into his team's head, the Cowboys heads about resiliency, like Dak Prescott coming back from the broken ankle. He, he compares it to Buffalo's running through a dust storm. You know, they don't zig or zag. They, they walk straight into the storm. He also talked about the Japanese, Japanese art of, Kintsugi, this is where if some pottery breaks, they pick it back up, put it back together with gold. This is McCarthy talking about resiliency. <laughs> We've experienced that. Um, you know, we, we talked about, you know, the buffaloes running through the storm, resiliency, and, and so I mean that that has served us well. But you know, all those experiencing is really the, you know, is the gold in our kintsugi. Uh, okay. <laughs> the gold in our kintsugi. Kintsugi. There you go. I think he's been right. drinking some of that Aaron Rodgers tea. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. I, I'm good with that. You know, that. Uh, well, then maybe that's what he had to do was go take a Kasugi <laughs> before it was all said and done. Who knows? Mike, great stuff as always, bud. Uh, we will uh, talk later on in the week, but, uh, oh, what a week it will be, I'm sure. Hey, the huddle's in Franklin Wednesday night. In Franklin. We're at Root River Center. You want to come up? I'll see you there. Oh, I can't wait. I Mike Clemens and I. said they were going to be in the area, so, yeah, I'll see you Wednesday night. There you go. Perfect. Mike Clemens going to be there with us coming up on Wednesday night. We're going to be uh, for the Bill Michaels Huddle. Brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, Root River Center, right there in Franklin. I think it's Ryan Road. If I'm, I, mean, I don't know if it's Ryan Road. I don't know if it's Ryan Road. I shouldn't have said that. I don't know if it's Ryan Road or not. But nevertheless, we're going to be down there in, uh, I don't think it's Ryan Road. Rawson. Rawson Avenue. Rawson it is. Not Ryan Rawson. Come on by and say hi. We're going to be uh, at Root River Center coming up Wednesday night, 6 to 8. Mike Clemens will join me in-house, in-house. That's it. Man, what a fast show today. Good stuff. we got another one coming up tonight. Hey, I will probably be paying attention, but I'm probably going to do some podcasts tonight uh, during the uh, during the game. So look for the pod- podcast to come on about 7 o'clock, 7.30, something like that. Live in the wagon wheel tonight. Time for us to go. Have a going. Whoop. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. 
Listen, rate, subscribe.